by Riverside. Right, welcome to Garage Takes. Welcome back, Brant. Dude, I, I missed you, man. I mean, I, I loved having Gage. Appreciate you, Gage, for hopping on with me last week. Um, got some really good feedback on, on having Gage on here outside of the, the dial-up internet, of course. We're going to get that worked out, but um, that was a, a great time, but Brant, I missed you, man. Yeah, it's great to be back, Dave. Uh, obviously missed last week. I want to thank Gage as well, too, for stepping in. Uh, huge help for the pod. And that's just something that we want to try to do is get some different voices on here, get some different takes. It's something that Dave and I uh, really like to do because, I mean, not like we don't like listening to each other talk a lot, but, um, you know, it's it's just a fresh perspective on some things. So he had some really great NFL takes, and we really appreciate him for that. Um but, Dave, I know we were kind of coming into tonight with um, no real agenda. Uh, we were just hopping on to talk conference championship weekend, and I had some burning Michigan questions for you that I wanted to go over. Uh, one of them was just recently answered and I don't know, the last six hours or so. Um, my, my main question was for you coming on tonight was, uh, obviously, with the um, Coach Weiss situation, the Matt Weiss situation, that we don't have to go. <laughs> Love that drop. Thank you, Dave. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, we don't have to get into the weeds of what we think may have happened or, or what transpired there. I know he's going through an investigation right now, whatever. Police showing up at the house. Uh, yeah, police showing up. The neighbors are like, hey, what's going on over um so uh yeah that was a whole thing but um is it is it kirk campbell dave did, did i get that name right that's who they had just announced as the so. coach. some internal guy yeah he was like an <clears throat> offensive analyst um i don't know so, much about him man i don't know so so my question was dave outside of knowing kirk campbell or knowing anything maybe about him just as an offensive analyst my question was did you want to see Jim Harbaugh work more with the quarterbacks, or did you think this was a good hire, or did you think that this was a position that they needed to hire for? Um, I, I think you need a quarterbacks coach. Uh, what, what I don't think you need is a co-offensive coordinator. I, I would love to see Sharon Moore step into that full-time. I mean, because you know Jim still has his thumbprint all over that anyway, and um, you don't need that many cooks in the kitchen. Like, I don't know how much. We, we were certainly not in that booth or in that locker room to know how much Matt Weiss contributed to the to the play calling, or how much he didn't contribute? Um, we we know he was not a good recruiter, Brant. That that is one thing about Matt Weiss. He is. I, I think he had a really good rapport with the guys in the the locker room, and specifically the quarterback room. Uh, but but he was clueless when he came, when it came to recruiting, and he he basically came out and said that. So um, I. I don't know much about Kirk Campbell. I do know that he's an internal guy. I mean, I'm all for promoting from within when things are working from within. And and so for that reason alone, I feel fine with it. I mean, I think I just because, you know, being a Michigan fan, of course, I see that the name Brian Greasy thrown out there as a potential like candidate. And I'm like, oh, I mean, that's kind of exciting like that. That's cool. That that would be like you know, bringing Tom Brady in or something like that, which would just be cool to have an alum in there. But I just, I really think that, uh, 
you know, this guy's, uh, as Jim Harbaugh said, he's a young and up-and-coming guy, highly respected, super smart guy. And um, I'm also reading, there's an article that, that got put out tonight, too, that uh, apparently J.J. McCarthy was really pushing for this guy to, to kind of step into this role. So that's good. You want your, your five-star quarterback, your returning starting quarterback, to have some confidence in the guy that he's going to be working um, very closely with. So what about you, man? Yeah, I think it's a good it's a it's a good position to have someone that's already in the system step into. I do like that. The Brian Greasy thing did kind of excite me, but I think he's out in San Francisco right now, Dave. Correct me if I'm wrong, right? He's working yeah. with Brock Purdy. Yeah, he's done a pretty he, decent job. <laughs> and so I don't think that that would be a lateral move almost for one and kind of a down step lateral move at the same time. I think for, for maybe someone in his uh, position right now with the eyes of the NFL upon him, seeing what he can do, there will probably be a nice offensive coordinator position offered to him sometime soon. I'm sure of that. Um, so, so I see, I see that from the aspect of wanting J.J. McCarthy to work with him or or J.J. wanting to work with him. But then, Dave, the other thing I was thinking about was how does this affect recruiting? And this is something that I, I think that Michigan has to get cleared up as far as the Jaden Davis recruitment goes. And what kind of makes me sick to my stomach right now is thinking about what's behind the curtain in 24 um, as, as you and I kind of think JJ might leave after next year, maybe he stays for a senior year. We don't know. We don't know if he's going to have a Heisman candidacy next year and not landing Jaden Davis, uh, to come into the system next year is, is going to be a tough blow. So, so Dave, I think a guy like Kirk Campbell will go a long way in the recruitment process for this. I know Weiss was working closely with him or that, at least that's what I had heard, but you know, there's still a long ways to go in this recruitment, I think, for Davis. And getting a guy like Kirk Campbell in the home would be a really good good piece for Michigan. I think that um, – I mean, I, I, I agree. I think that the quarterback's coach is going to be important. I, I do think that Jim Harbaugh needs to be the guy to go in and, and solidify the deal with Jaden Davis, though. I think at the end of the day, I think had Harbaugh have left – I don't know if Jaden Davis comes here. And I don't know if he if he will anyways um, right now. But, um, you know, I know all the crystal balls are, are pointing towards Michigan still. Um, and for those of you that don't know, Jaden Davis is a five, five-star quarterback, 2024 recruit. Um, Michigan needs to hit on him because this 2023 group was not, from a recruitment standpoint, was not a strong class. Um, transfer portal, they did a good job, but um, they didn't get a quarterback in this uh in, in this group and they've got to uh they've got to strike gold uh because the gold before was striking JJ McCarthy and 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 now you're seeing that kind of come to fruition and say what you will about how the season ended and JJ throwing the two pick sixes JJ McCarthy is every bit of a five-star quarterback and you saw that this year you saw what he can do with this offense you need five-star guys you do especially from a quarterback position in in today's in, in today's world, and I don't care if you're Michigan or not, and you want to run the football a million times, you need a good quarterback back there. And the other thing is, Brant, quarterbacks lead recruitment. So you need Jaden Davis to recruit sooner rather than later because the the dominoes fall after that. I mean, you're already seeing Michigan's doing a good job in this 24 classic. They landed some four-star kids, some big-body guys out of Ohio, um, out of all states, and the, the class is shaping up to already be decent like with four-star kids but you bring in a five-star quarterback the dominoes start to fall and it is critical that they get him to commit sooner rather than than later 
Yeah, Dave, I, I completely agree with you. And then that's, that's one of the things that just has me <laughs> questioning what's going to happen in 24. And I know that's a long ways off and we got plenty of time to get through all of that. And we have plenty of time to continue to talk through the off season about this. The one thing I did want to bring up before we shift gears and go into the NFL a little bit is, um, did you, the Taylor Upshaw transferring, did you, did you see that one coming? I know that was a little bit of a surprise for me personally. I thought I was expecting him to be a starter next year, Dave. I don't know about you, but, but did that one kind of shock you? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, it did. I definitely wasn't expecting Taylor Upshaw to transfer. He kind of seemed like he got a lot of playing time this year, right? So it was kind of surprising, especially when you're seeing all the guys kind of stick around and come back to see him leave was was interesting. But, man, also, like, there's some guys and some dogs that are waiting to, to really get their, their moment. I mean, even guys like Braden McGregor, who, right. you know, he's, he's on the rise. A guy like Derek Moore, who was a, a true freshman this past year, He's he's gonna um, get some minutes. Kenneth Grant, uh, another guy that's gonna really be fighting for minutes. And and you know what? Maybe Taylor Upshaw is seeing the writing on the wall to say like maybe this isn't the place that I am going to be getting all the shine that that he wants. And so you know, kudos kudos to him and and best of luck. But I yeah I was uh I, w- I, w- I was surprised to see that um you know not a, not a devastating loss where you're like. Dude, I don't know what our defense is going to be like next year. Taylor Upshaw just transferred, but it, you know that's a blow. It is an experienced yeah. guy who's been in that locker room, and you don't want to downplay that. So, yeah, certainly not, Dave. And um, I, I mean, you talk about the kid from Coastal Carolina coming in as well. I mean, he's a highly touted guy, had a, a major impact out of Coastal Carolina. So, um, Brant, I, I I thought sorry, just a, I didn't mean to cut you off, but uh, one one thing I wanted to get your take on. What about Iabioki? Yeah, that, that you know, to me that, that was like that, that one didn't shock me. That one didn't shock me as much because of Biff Pogi. For those of you who, who don't know the name Biff Pogi, he is um, he he came to Jim Harbaugh. He was part of the Harbaugh tree, kind of. But he had always been kind of doing his own thing. Like he had always wanted to be a head coach somewhere else. So he was actually the high school coach of Yabioki, I think. Uh, he was definitely involved in the recruitment heavy when he originally went to Alabama. I do know that. Um, so uh, Biff Pogi ended up getting the job out in Charlotte, and um, you know that's where Yabioki transfers to. And, and I don't think it's one of those where um, it, it was anything more than maybe a father figure, uh, someone he really looks up to, someone he really respects. And so I think that's why he ended up there. So not a shock in that aspect, but the step down in competition when you already had a great year last year, well, maybe not a great year for Michigan, but a very solid year for Michigan, and he was definitely knocking on the door of starting, so, you know, you're, you're kind of, maybe he's paying him back, and, and he can still have the film out there for the NFL, but kind of a head-scratcher, but I get it, I guess that was what I'm trying to say. Yeah, fair enough. I That one was one I was kind of disappointed about, just, I mean, I know people make fun of the fact this is like his fifth school or whatever that whatever. he's going to play for, but whatever. Um, I just thought, yeah, he, I love that pickup. First of all, it was like late August or mid August yeah. when you got him and then he came in and it kind of made an immediate impact and you're like, okay, this might've been a really sneaky, solid pickup. And, you know, things kind of dwindled for him, I think as the year sort of, sort of went on. Um, but you know, d- disappointing to see, but once again, best of luck. So, 
you know, you grab a guy in late August like that, Dave, and you're able to make him into what he was at Michigan. That just speaks to the culture again. And I know we've talked all year about it. We'll continue to talk about it. But that's a culture thing where you can get a guy up to speed. He starts making plays, and all of a sudden he's on the straight and narrow. Uh, so so good for Michigan and good for Yabioki the way it ended and everything. It seems uh, like kosher. So um, one more thing, one more quick thing before I switch to the NFL, Dave, was did you see who got fired today? Uh, Out of the, f- from from Michigan? No, 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 from the University oh. of Miami. Oh yeah, your former <laughs> Broyles Award winner Josh Gaddis. Just one uh. year ago, one year removed from winning the Assistant Coach of the Year, he is canned at the University of Miami, and I think that's nothing more than just a terrible performance from him last year. And you know what, Michigan, just another clean move. You don't have to look like the bad guy here. He did the lateral transition. They knew they were never going to give the reins to him for obvious reasons, I think, Dave. And look how it played out down in Miami. Thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't ever wish like negative stuff oh, right. on anybody. I'm just not that that kind of person. But I, the way Gaddis left Ann Arbor and all of that and just some of the stuff he put out there was definitely sour grapes. He definitely felt entitled to be in the head coach conversation when all the Harbaugh rumors were happening last year. And just the way he left was, was odd. Um, and, and you just heard kind of just some stuff about him too. Um, that was just like, meh, I, I was not that sad to, to see him, see him leave. And then to see how pitiful Miami's offense was this year was, uh, yeah, man, I, I don't know. Glad he's not our head coach. I'll just uh, put it, put it that way. <laughs> So no, we've been down that road with Brady Hoke and Rich Rodriguez. You know what I mean? Just kind of, um, yeah, yeah, a bad watch. And so I'm glad we didn't have to transition into the Josh Gaddis era of era of Michigan football. So anyway, mm-hmm. Dave, um, on to the uh, you know the topic that I think you and I really want to get into. Thank you for the transition, Dave. Appreciate that as always. <laughs> um, anyway, at, coming off of last week, I know you and I as Cowboys fans. Disappointed on Sunday night. Um, I, I I expected it, Brant. I, I don't know about you. No, I do know about you. You were not expecting that. I, we I was texting. And and Dave, let me tell you what the loss of Tony Pollard changed the entire complexion of that game. It did. And and I defy anybody to tell me that it didn't. Like, don't tell me like, oh, just because you didn't have Tony Pollard, you didn't win that game. No, it mattered. It mattered big time because once Zeke goes full time in the backfield. Everybody knows Dallas is not the same team. I mean, that's just that's just plain and simple, Dave. So, um, you know. I got a question for you, Brant. Go ahead. Do you? I I can't even get in to talk about like the coaching for the Cowboys right now and Mike McCarthy and who they're getting rid of and whatever. Kellen Moore's in question, of course. Mike McCarthy's not in question because Jerry has full confidence in in Mike, and of course, as he should. Insert Fire sarcasm. Fire line coach after a great year of offensive line play. Right, sure right. Let's sense. make some changes. Make some changes. Um, need to get your pulse on Dak Prescott. Dak's under a lot of uh, a lot of fire for just another playoff letdown performance. Um, how do you feel about Dak? Are you you comfortable with Dak being the Cowboys quarterback for another five plus years? No, not at all. And let me tell you what, after watching him play Brock Purdy, once ag- like once again in a playoff game, I watched Dak Prescott come up short, and I watched Brock Purdy, and I say to myself, 
What can De- what can Brock Purdy? Oh, I'm sorry. There's not a big difference between Brock Purdy and Dak Prescott to me. Dak doesn't make plays that I'm like, oh my gosh. Now I don't see another quarterback making that play. Brock Purdy can make that play. I just don't understand what happened to Dak Prescott these last two or three years. I know he's had these injuries. I get that. He just is not the same dude he was in 2017, 2018, 2019, Dave. He's just not. And so for me, it's I, I'm out on Dak, man. Like I think the Cowboys need to transition or they need to bring someone to put serious heat on him. And I'm not talking about Cooper Rush. I think Cooper Rush could be a nice backup in this league. But the Cowboys are stuck in a crappy spot right now between the Zeke contract and Dak's performances. I think they're in a bad way, man. And you know what? It's crappy, too, because they have a great offensive line. They have a phenomenal defensive line, and they have a a, a good defense overall. So you're just looking at a guy, and don't get me wrong, Dak doesn't have the best weapons in the world, but that performance needed to be better. They could have beat the 49ers, and they came up short, and and it's on Dak, too. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I love Dak as a person, as a leader, as as a dude. I love Dak, but um, I'm out on Dak Prescott, too. I am. Um, I think that, I mean, he's got to be your guy right now. He's under contract, and I, I, I get all that, but I think you're spot on, man. I think that uh, the Cowboys the Cowboys need to bring in somebody that's going to put some heat on him. And, um, you know, you're not going to take a, a quarterback in the first round or something like that, but, you know, I've mentioned the names on here before. Like, why don't you draft a Hendon Hooker? Just see what happens. Like, you know, you got Dak. Dak's a, a fourth-round quarterback. Um, so take a t- take a flyer on, on a guy that is not just any guy, but a guy that truly, you know, you do your due diligence on, you do your homework on, and, and you feel pretty good about his skill set. Dak, need, Dak needs that um, because, it, unfortunately, this is the same story every year that they actually make the playoffs. We're not making it past the divisional round. You you might win some wild card games, you know, here and there, which you saw this year. Um, and and the problem is with Dak, and this is what great quarterbacks don't do. He's just so inconsistent. Like you saw Dak Prescott against the Buccaneers, and you're like, dude, that Dak could win us a Super Bowl. And then you see Dak against the 49ers, who, mind you, have a great defense, but um, their old line played as good as they possibly could, and Dak just made some just boneheaded errors and throws, and unfortunately. That's been the story for him over the years. So whatever. I mean, yeah, it's very frustrating. It's very discouraging. It's also just I'm I'm used to it, man. I just uh, I've got yeah. scars that have never healed. So, <laughs> Dave, the the problem with the Cowboys is I'm okay if if we lose Dak Prescott and we lose the game. But I can't lose Tony Pollard and then have it be the reason we lost the game. Tony Pollard can't be the guy that's stirring the you know proverbial drink it has to be Dak Prescott it's got to be Dak making plays and it's instead it seemed like man Tony Pollard's all over the field making all sorts of plays and as soon as he's down we're out and so I hate that it's got to be Dak being the guy get circulating the ball making plays instead he's on he's not on the same page as a receiver and you saw the first quarter interception that was just like mind-blowing like what are we doing here so good. I'm I'm uh, with you <laughs> I, and you got to find a way to cut Zeke get out from under that contract yeah, absolutely. and and go draft yourself B. John Robinson with number 26 Please, overall. do something like that. Uh, yep. Have a dynamic backfield. Anybody can grab up a guy that can pound it in from a yard out nowadays. You know what I mean? Yep. Those guys exactly. are, you know. Dime a dozen. 
Exactly. So, all right. Yeah. Uh, moving on, Dave, to guys or teams that will actually play playing football this weekend. Um, the Eagles absolutely dismantled um, the Giants on Saturday night. Um, took it to them. Good season for the Giants, obviously, but uh, Eagles, they look like they are <laughs> on the track to the Super Bowl, Dave. Um, and obviously we just talked about the 49ers taking care of business against the Cowboys. Great defense for the 49ers. It's kind of that classic matchup of really great defense versus a great offense. Dave, uh, you want to do point spreads now, or do you want to get into it later? No, yeah, hit me with the point spread now. I think it makes sense. Two and a half. The Eagles are favored at home by two and a half. It's going to be a cold night in Philly. I'm sure there might be some snow flying around. What do you think, Dave? Well, I, I think that I, I will be in Gage's corner pulling for the Niners like crazy. Um, I really want to see the Niners win this football game. However, I, I, I think that the Niners are, are, are beatable. I mean, they've obviously won like, what, like 12 games in a row. I mean, something like something crazy right now. They're on a crazy streak. Um, I think that Brock Purdy is a rookie quarterback at the end of the day. Um, and I don't know how much magic Kyle Shanahan is going to be able to continue to dial up against. I mean, Philly is just more of a complete team, a more explosive offense. Um, I think that the Niners struggle. I mean, you even saw it when Dak actually tried to run. Like, you can expose that defense with a quarterback that can run, and that's exactly what Jalen Hurts is going to do. Um, I'm going to take the Eagles to cover that spread, and – I mean, I don't. I'm not expecting a blowout. Um, I'm not expecting them to drop 38 points on the Niners' defense. Um, but I, I just think that they're going to be too much for the Niners, and I, I hope I'm wrong, dude. I, <laughs> I cannot watch the Eagles in the Super Bowl again. Like I just, I can't, I can't do it. Um, so please, please Niners, please Kyle Shanahan, dial up some magic. But I just have a hard time seeing that happen right now. What about you? It hurts worse when it's a guy like Jalen Hurts, too. Look, we had to watch him go do it with Nick Foles after having Carson Wentz. And, you know, you talk about culture all the time, Dave, the NFL, GM, ownership. Like, they are just going through quarterbacks, and they're still making deep playoff runs. Good for the Eagles, whatever. I don't like them either. But um, this is going to be an absolute hornet's nest for Brock Purdy to go into, though. This is not going to be an easy place to play. It's going to be freezing cold. <clears throat> I love the Eagles in this spot. I think that the 49ers get a little shell-shocked. I think that offense has limited weapons. I don't I don't like to say they don't have weapons, but I think they're limited only in the aspect of Brock Birdie being able to get them the ball and the positions to make plays. Last week against the Cowboys, often you saw Debo Samuel's frustration on whether he wasn't lined up correctly or the formation wasn't right for him to get the ball, and him and Purdy didn't look on the same page. I think that is going to play a big factor in Philadelphia this weekend. Give me the Eagles to cover the two and a half. Even like a little alternate if you're into that, you do a little five and a half, six and a half maybe. I like them by at least a touchdown this weekend, Dave. Yeah, fair enough. All right, hit me with the next one. All right, man. You know we got Joe Cool heading to Kansas City. And if if you're a favorite quarterback, like if you don't have a favorite quarterback in the NFL, Maybe watch this weekend and pick one because the matchup between Burrow and Mahomes, this to me is the two best quarterbacks right now in the league. I really like Josh Allen, 
kind of fell off at the end of the season. These two, though, Dave, these two are the best quarterbacks in the league, I think. All right, it's a one-and-a-half-point spread. Chiefs are favored at home. Who do you like, Dave? Well, I I said it last week on the podcast when you were out. I, I and I picked the Bills to win that game. I call, I did take Cincy on with like with the points for that spread, and I and I said on that episode, I would be terrified to play the Bengals right now because right. of one name, Joe Burrow, Joe Cool, and you're going to bring him into Burrowhead Stadium as they are calling it <laughs> three and and zero, three and zero. And, dude, that is not the guy that I would want to be playing if I am the the Chiefs. He has – you talk about swag and confidence and all of that, and I know that bothers some people and it annoys them and whatever. I, I mean, I know he's got some Ohio State roots to him. Um, I don't consider him an Ohio State guy. He's an LSU quarterback to me. Joe Burrow is just like different. He is he's he's got the swagger, he's got the the drip if you will, and he's going to be hitting that cigar again in that locker room after this game <laughs> and taking this team cool as a cucumber to the Super Bowl. Back-to-back Super Bowl appearances. I I will take Cincinnati on the money line. Um Patrick Mahomes is you know he is the best quarterback in the league. Um, I, it's hard to argue that when you look at what he's done in a short amount of time, and he's won a Super Bowl, and you know he's he he is he's that guy. Okay, um, he also has an, an ankle sprain. I know he's going to play. Um, I, you watched the game last week. He's throwing off a of one foot. I mean, he's doing just miraculous things. I don't know if you do that. Um, you know, I know he's going to be in better shape than he was last week, um, but he's not going to be a hundred percent healthy. And this Chiefs offense runs heavily right now through Travis Kelsey. You know, I think they missed Tyreek Hill. I do. Um, I, I think that they've they've obviously got other other weapons on that team. I mean, Pacheco or however you say his name. Um, Rutgers, Rutgers. Yeah, yeah, I was to say he's the Big Ten, <laughs> Big Ten running back, and he's been he's been good. You know, he's a guy that's just been put in the right situation there. And Andy Reid's, uh, you know, you know, the enemy's offense. Whoever's calling the shots over there, um, I just think that the Chiefs are they're 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 very beatable, and I think that the the Bengals just are are beyond confident. Like I don't think they're scared at all. And I I don't like this matchup for for the Chiefs at all. Um, I, I I'm a heavy I'll go heavy on the Bengals this week. I think I think you're looking at a Bengals Eagles Super Bowl. And if that is the case, man, I, I might have to go buy a, a Joe Burrow jersey because I, <laughs> whatever it's going to take to whether it's the Chiefs or the Bengals, whatever it's going to take to not have to watch the Eagles win a Super Bowl will be uh you know what I'll be pulling for. What about you, man? Dave, we got a couple questions for you. Who do you think has the better offensive weapons in this game? The better offensive weapons. Um I think the Bengals do. Um okay. I, I think that not by a landslide, but I mean you just look at I know Joe Mixon hasn't had a hasn't had a great year. Um but even just looking at the wide receivers that Joe Burrow is throwing to, I mean, him and Jamar Chase are just those guys are in sync. I mean, they clearly you know won a title together and you know for LSU and 
Um, that's that they are each other's person, if you will. But but also, um, you know, you, let's not forget about a guy like T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. I mean, these guys are are no slouches. Um, T. Higgins is a great receiver. Um, and if I got T. Higgins and Jamar Chase as my uh, WR one and WR two, I feel pretty good. Um, just on that, just on that alone. I mean. Yeah, you go positional breakdown. I mean, dude, nobody is Travis Kelsey, right? From a tight end oh, no, standpoint, no, no. but but Hayden Hurst is, is you know he's been fine yeah. too for for the Bengals, and um, you know I'd still take Joe Joe Mixon over, yeah, over um, Isaiah Pacheco. In, so yeah. you know, um, yeah, yeah so I'll take, I think uh, the Bengals with that. I think that check mark is is solidly in the Bengals' favor, and um, I also look at the defense the defenses in this game, and I say the Bengals check mark as well. Um, what they did against last week against Josh Allen in the snow game was nothing short of awesome. Uh, shut, shut them basically down. They had Stephon Diggs screaming at Josh Allen, so you know they were, were frustrating the Bills. And so I really love the Bengals in this game. Uh, I love the Bengals' money line. Uh, you give me a point and a half, all the better. I just love the way that the Bengals have handled their postseason and let's not act like this is new for the Bengals. This is old hat now for them. They are they know how to win these playoff games. They got a good coach. They have a seasoned coach. They have a seasoned quarterback. They got guys in that locker room that know what it takes to get to the Super Bowl. Maybe a few more than the than on the Chiefs roster that know how to get to the Super Bowl. You know what I mean, Dave? So <clears throat> I like the Bengals here. Well, go ahead. I was just gonna say I, I have a question for you. Once you wrap up your take. Yeah, I'll take the uh, I'll take the Eagles Bengals Super Bowl, please. All right, so we're we're both locking step with that, Brent. If you could start your NFL team with any quarterback in the league right now, who would it be? Oh my goodness! <laughs> I wish I would have been prepped for this question because I love this question for one because there are. Three or four guys. I mean, even five if you want to throw in Trevor Lawrence to me. Um, there are there are definitely six if you want to throw in Jared Goff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I think I'll pass on him. Uh, but but dudes, I mean, even young dudes like Herbert, right? Herbert Lawrence are are kind of at the back half of this list that people would want to start their franchise with today. But give me Joe Burrow, man. I, I just think that the way that he handles his business. And just goes about it, and he just throws dots all the time. And don't get me wrong, when you take away Tyreek Hill from Patrick Mahomes, it changes a little bit of what the Mahomes factor was. Take Chase away from Burrow, and I'm sure you'll see a decline in Joe Burrow. Right now, though, I think it's just it's just Joe Burrow being Joe Burrow with all these weapons, just slinging it. I love the way I love his confidence too. He will put any ball in any window, and, and typically it'll work out for him. So. Um, not to say that Patrick, Patrick Mahomes is a very close second. Like, if you are going to tell me, oh, you can't have Joe Burrow, then give me Patrick Mahomes, clearly. Uh, he's fantastic, and he's done it without Tyreek Hill this year too. So um, I, I do really like him as well. You yeah. Guys- yeah. You know what? I think my answer is actually the same. Um, okay. <laughs> I, I really – I'm a big Josh Allen fan. I really am. I know he's kind of spit the bit, um, you know, in the – in the playoffs this year, and especially in this last game, 
But you know, I, I love I love Josh Allen, um, especially just his ability to run. And he's a big body quarterback. It's tough to take down. Um, I think Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league as it stands right now. Um, I, I do. However, I think that that conversation could really change here shortly in the next couple of weeks if Joe Burrow goes and wins the Super Bowl. Um, you know, Burrow is doing this with a garbage offensive line with piled up with injuries, and they've tried to address it, and it just doesn't really seem to matter. Like, I don't know. He's just – he'll take the hits. He's just – I like guys that are just like gamers that just know how to win, um, and he's a guy that just knows how to win. And so if I'm starting a, starting a team, I like those guys because I can put Joe Burrow in any situation, regardless of coordinator, regardless of all that stuff. And he's gonna win, right? And and yeah, you're right. Like you take Jamar Chase away, it, it, it's different. You're gonna get a different Joe Burrow. Um, but that guy's a, a a winner. He's been a winner in every uh, every stop he's been to. And yeah, I I think uh, I think Burrow is that guy. Um, really, really pulling for the uh, the Bengals this week. And, and and once again, I the Chiefs are are sort of this like. They've just we always see the Chiefs here these last several years. I'm still not like a Chiefs hater. Like it is hard to hate no, on like I, it's hard to hate on Patrick Mahomes. He's a really likable dude. He's like, you know, a, a special, special talent. Um but yeah, the Bengals got here last year. They didn't get it done against Stafford and the Rams, and I, I would love to see them go out and uh and, and, and win themselves a Super Bowl. Either them or the Niners. I mean, truthfully, that would be that story of like Brock Purdy would be. I mean, that would just be insane to, to for Mister Irrelevant to win a Super Bowl. So, um, yeah, we'll. Uh, yeah, gives you what? Kurt Warner vibes, right? Remember that right. story from Bagger to <laughs> Super yeah. Bowl MVP. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean that's a really cool story. Yeah, for sure, man. Well, hey, it was. Uh, Great to great to be back. I know we're locking step with the the Super Bowl picks, which is never a good sign. That probably means we're looking at a Chiefs and uh, Niners Super Bowl. Um, if I had to if I had to guess, since our picks were the other way, but um, great to great to be back with you, man. And if you haven't done so already, make sure that you like, follow, subscribe to the podcast. Um, you know, as we go through these winter months here, as football wraps up, we will start to dial back on the weekly podcast just a bit. We'll fill you in before we before we do that. Um, but I, I do want to make sure that you guys know, too, that just because football is done, anybody who's a football fan knows that football never stops. So it's like as the season ends, you got the NFL draft and all the mock drafts. And what are the Lions going to do? Are they going to trade up? Are they going to trade back? What do you do at, at uh, 6 and an 18? I mean, there's a lot of really good stuff to be able to talk about and um, look, looking forward to that. But um, we appreciate the support as always, and we will catch you guys next time. Have a great one. Powered by Riverside.